Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on in the recording. But let us get started. Well, hey, hey, friends. Welcome to level, I think it's 195 of Laugh It Up Fuzzball. And uh, I'm really excited because it's actually Fuzzballs. There's a little bit extra there because I have a couple guests and they're new guest voices you haven't heard. Hello. Which is, which is exciting. <laughs> Hello. It's Eeyore talking straight from his hut. <laughs> no, that's that's my good friend, Nick. And I'm not, I mean, you guys can say your last names if you want, but I'll, I'll give you your, your anonymity, I suppose. <laughs> But yeah, two really good friends that I work with, although we don't really talk about where we work because who wants to talk about that place? Nobody. And, and uh, my good friend Kelly, Casemon. I almost said your last name because that's how I that's identify okay. you. It's, it is, right? <laughs> I feel like that's also my superhero name, so it like gives up my anonymity anyway. Yeah, you're, 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 you're the Iron Man of this situation. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, as yeah, of right now, I'm I just Kaysmon. your yeah. last name was Smoomer so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, friends listening, here's the long and short. The world is crazy right now, and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, but these two dear human beings that I've wanted on the podcast for, what, like three years now? At, at least, least, yeah. Something yeah, like we, that. We've always talked about it, but now we actually, like, have time at home. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we are like, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff with uh, Corona. Nobody's even talking about that anymore, but... <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't mean that it's not there. No, it's I know. It's just not super talked about right now. I I, I'm well aware. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. <laughs> uh, but with everything going on, there there are geek analogs. Is that the right way to talk about it? I, I guess to, so, yeah. To yeah. the world, there there are examples. So the, the long and short, friends, is how this my, – my buddy Nick, he's, I, I love reading this stuff because he's a history guy like me. But he, he posted a bunch of, like, nobody's paying attention to these geek things that tell you, like, you know, proper ways to be a human being and to show <laughs> compassion and empathy. Right, like, and I know all of you have seen all of these right. very, very popular, like, nerdy things and have really identified with them and didn't listen, apparently. Didn't, like, didn't learn a single thing. Yes. Yeah, so without, I mean, the, the goal is not to, to browbeat people, I suppose, although I, I've been really clear on the podcast, like, I, I believe in equality and all that, and if people don't, they probably shouldn't listen to me, because uh, I'm, I'm the person that will start off, like, you know, seven seven minutes and 40 seconds with my white privilege and talk about Black Lives Matter, because I will, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm unapologetic, but I'm also cognizant that my voice is not that important in the midst of everything, there are voices mm-hmm. more important. But what I can talk about with with a certain amount of authority is is geekdom. Right. So, yeah, we were just thinking we were just going to shoot the shit and talk about some examples. That's your cue to let you know you're allowed to curse. Oh, thank God. I was really worried. Fuck? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I was so had... worried that I was going to accidentally say the F word and then be like, crap, 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 crap. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it's okay. There's an explicit tag. So, uh, but with that, with, with that said, there's there's going to be cursing. We're going to talk about things that are going on in the world that is, as it applies to geekdom. And if you don't want to hear that, I, I don't know why, because it's important. But fine, then go find another fucking podcast. Because uh, I'm not promising I'm going to stop. And honestly, yeah. like this is a, a geekdom podcast to begin with. And if you're not like 
like diving into what that means other than just service level content and how that could potentially apply to your life, then what are you even doing? Right. Yeah. yeah. Part of, part of, part of consuming pop culture is understanding how it fits into the greater like structure of your life. And if all you're doing is just consuming it to like consume it, then what's the point? You know, you have to think about the things you read and see and watch or, or there's no real like point to it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and and loving something like you can't just be like I love Star Wars, I love it. So like you just like have a bunch of pictures of Jawas and Tusken Raiders <laughs> on your wall, and you have like no clue like what they might re- like. You know what I mean? Like, right. If, if you're you not tr- taking any of the ideals to heart. Yeah, if you love something, like I guess like a, a small example for me, and this is not me like raising myself up or anything, but Tyler had his birthday. My my little five year old guy turned six. So I decided when I was young, I wanted a shit ton of Star Wars figures, but he he only had a few. So I bought him a shit ton of Star Wars figures because I had a little bit of extra expendable income courtesy of the world right now. And uh, but I made sure I got him Finn because Finn is the best damn hero from the sequel series. And I I'll stand by that. I'll stand on my my. And that's before any John Boyega and Black Lives Matter. But when I gave it to him, I could sort of see, like, he lives with us and he also lives with his dad. He was like, oh, why'd you get him? I'm like, because he's the best. So when we played today, he was like, oh, I don't want to play with Finn. I'm like, that's okay. I'll play with him because he's he's the best. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he was killing all the new stormtroopers we got. And then by the end of it, he's playing with Finn. And I'm like, you know, this is important. Like, look, he looks different than us, but he's awesome. Right. (laughs) You know, as best you can for a six-year-old. I'm not going to sit it. Sit him and down I think Star Wars is a issues. good place to start here yeah. because yeah. it's so blatant on the face of it. And I think we can have a good discussion, the three of us, about how Disney Star Wars has kind of changed the game a little bit in terms of making authoritarianism more po- palatable to to the world. Okay. You know, like uh, I was talking to somebody today about how, like, in the old days, at least to me, this is you know, you can you're older than me, you can you can counter this if it's not true. <laughs> Uh, but it feels like, at least in the old days, even with the merchandise, they weren't trying to glorify the Empire so much as they were just holding them up as the bad guy. Like, if there were stormtroopers on, on your lunchbox, they were shooting at Han Solo or Luke Skywalker, and they were right. it defending... Right, it was giving purpose to, right. to your heroes. But yeah. whereas nowadays... You know, they want so many they want so many people to sympathize with Kylo Ren and he's so un- misunderstood. And, you know, Hux was a spy the whole time. So it's OK that he ordered the murder of, you know, so many people. And, and like they're they're making an effort to make it kind of a both sides are not not equitable, but at least sympathetic so that they can sell more merchandise and, and you know, get more people on board with it. And, right. and they, they've lost the the idea that you need to have a bad guy that is unequivocally bad so that the good guy can have something to unequivocally fight against. Right. And, right. Yeah. That's what I mean is, is people lost that idea. Well, the, the I only mean, thing that I'll, I'll take from that and, and kind of twist a little bit is that like, I think that showing Kylo with some like decent qualities some admiral qualities kind of ties back to Darth Vader finding the light and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I'm not saying that that's okay because you were totally 100% spot on with like, let's make him super likable and then everyone will buy his stuff. Right. Um, and then also on the complete flip side of that, just proving your point additionally, like there was uh, the the Death Star balloons. Oh, that don't they get me sold, started. Right? Yeah. Don't get me started. Know, like, balloons. like uh, that's that's no balloon. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, yeah. who, who looks at the Death Star and is like, yeah, I want to take that and have that following me forever because that's definitely a symbol of good things that I should want to carry around as a child. Yeah, this totalitarian symbol of planetary destruction. Let's put that on a string and let a kid run down Main Street with it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I remember as a kid, like, you know, you, all, you people like, what's your favorite? And the question probably should have been like, who's your favorite? Is it is it Han or is it Luke? You know what I mean? Like, nobody... Right. Nobody was going deeper, but I do remember there was a guy when I was in junior high that was like Darth Vader, and we were all like, "But, but that's the bad guy!" Like, yeah. Like, yeah. wait, like, what do you mean you and, like the bad guy? <laughs> and to speak to your point, Kelly, it's not that I don't think villains can have redeemable qualities, especially in modern days when, uh, you know, everybody wants to be the antihero. It's just that they make no effort to make them actually bad. Like, like Kylo Ren is never really at least in the modern trilogy to me, seen as someone who is a bad guy. He's, he's, he does bad things and he, and he does, uh, you know, things that, that from an audience perspective are quote bad, but like even, even him killing his father is seen as like, Oh, like, Oh, he did that instead of like, Oh, he did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Yeah. I hate that dude ever since. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. When, when Han went out on that really unsafe, like walkway with no handle <laughs> handrails, like and I knew it was happening. I was like forever and like yeah, that that mother trucker needed to die. Like yeah, uh. as soon as soon as they as soon as he and Chewie like separated, I knew that it was gonna happen. And like he's walking on the ledge, and I was in the movie theater with uh, my dear dear friend, and I was like in the fetal position, just waiting for it to happen. <laughs> and they were like, "What is wrong with you?" And I was like, "Don't talk to me. Like just watch the movie, crying." Yeah, one of my buddies called it before the movie, and when it was happening next to me, he like turned to me like. Ha ha! I was right. I wanted to. I wanted to hurt him just as bad as I, I wanted to be like Chewy, shoot him in the gut. <laughs> oh man! But no, I. I mean, I agree. I, I like. Oh, we want. We want everything to be complicated. Oh, I mean, I like stories that have nuance. But right, you. You also like there. There is good and there is bad, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's. It's okay every once in a while to have, have you know polar opposites or. Especially what? in pop culture, I think, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's healthy to have some stories that are not complex, that are pretty black and white. And, you know, it's not you don't have to think too hard about why the good guy is good and the bad guy is bad. You know what right. I mean? Right. And I mean, like, if I take Clone Wars as an example, like, you know, you have you've got the separatists and you have the Grand Army of the Republic, which, of course, you know, becomes Empire. And there's an entire dialogue there. But, I mean, they had a couple episodes where they, they added a little bit of nuance where the Separatists are like, well, we see you as the bad guys, you know, and through right. the eyes of Ahsoka, she's looking at that. And, yes, you should, like, actually, like, consider, like, another point of view, not to embrace it, but just to see where you actually are. Like, you're honestly, your position is strengthened by considering the alternate point of view. Exactly. And, and yeah, like, but you, you don't, I don't know. Kelleran sucks. Like, hash. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag deserve to die. Couldn't even take a kiss like a man. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know. <laughs> Just, uh. Yeah, I will say that that life is complicated and people are complicated. Um, sure. For no reason at all, there were a, a large number of us that all worked together that essentially took a, like, throw some personality traits that you believe that you have kind of a quiz game. So we had a bunch of cards and it was like, these are different personality traits that you think that you have pick like seven of them that you really think that like represents you as a person. And then as soon as they, you picked your seven, you flip them over and you kind of 
got a good feel for who you were in a Star Wars universe, right? Whether you were slightly more First Order um, or if you were, um, like, Resistance, because everyone has different qualities that they associate with themselves. And there were a lot of people who were like, oh, my God, I'm First Order because I'm very, like, controlling and organized. And those aren't necessarily bad traits. They're not bad guy traits. It's just how they roll right um so i think that it's life is complex and nuance is important um but i agree that there's there's definitely a line between wanting to appeal to a broader range so you can sell a bunch of stuff and like acknowledging that like everyone is a little bit different right like certainly yeah well, I know one of the moments that sort of rattled me, like in my Star Wars fandom, was when I was in the military. And I mean, I, I deployed in, in support of operations. And there, there were times where I probably said some insensitive things about people who I viewed as the enemy. I was in the military and I'm not I'm not I'm apologizing for it. But you know what I mean? Like, sure, it, it was time and place. Like, I'm not proud of it. It just is what it is. But I remember reading an article about like these these Al Qaeda guys saying how Star Wars was their story. Because right. it was it was these little guys going up against an oppressive empire and, and fighting for their rights and trying to make the galaxy a better place and saying that I am Luke Skywalker. And I was reading this like, wait, what? Wait, wait, I'm wait, Luke Skywalker. Wait, <laughs> I'm the big dog with Han Solo. Like, <laughs> and, and it really got me thinking about, like, what is the message of Star Wars? And, and it is it's it is a I don't know. Grassroots is the right word, but. You know, it, it is about a, a system that has become oppressive and people who saw it happening way beforehand started started doing things to make sure that that didn't end up being the status quo. Um, that's a really good point. I think speaking to the current events, um, I'm going to get up on my white people uh, soapbox a little bit here and say that, that that moment of reflection you had where you were kind of forced to see yourself from a different perspective and not one that was necessarily wrong either is a moment that I think a lot of white people are going through right now um, where, you know, it's not necessarily their fault that everything is the way it is, but they're certainly uh, part of the system that has benefited from, you know, centuries of oppressment of black people and minorities uh, in this country. So uh, that moment of reflection of, of seeing yourself from that side and understanding that it's not necessarily about you as uh, the person, but you as the symbol and you as the, the quote oppressor uh is an important moment of reflection for a lot of for for everyone really but a lot of people are all going through that right now and that's uh hard for a lot of people to deal with i think yeah for sure and and i mean growth is hard sure period like you know what i mean if if it's if it's really easy you're not growing i'm sorry like you're just you're just coasting and it's sometimes you coast but yeah i think uh, i think looking like in and if, if you're watching Star Wars and you're rooting for the rebellion, you know, mm-hmm. you, you really you should look long and hard like you're you're not you're not saying that an established military order is is you know what I mean? That's not right. the people you're rooting for. Now, there, there are some people that that dress up as the Empire. And when I, when I was a kid, we I mean, it was common knowledge that the Empire was space Nazis. It was just common right. knowledge. We right. Knew yeah. it. Like everybody knew about it. And at some point. That and I don't think it was when Disney took over. There was just some point where like Lucas or Lucasfilm was like, whoa, 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 let's be easy on the space. Sure, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I even remember playing like Shadows of the Empire uh, on N64 back in the day, 
and, and there being a lot of like uh, kind of racism undertones to the storyline and and uh, you know anti alien uh, you know uh, plot lines to it. Yeah. Um, and, and you know just just thinking about that really surface level of just you know there are aliens in Star Wars who don't like other races of aliens even though there are literally hundreds of them and there's no reason you know why they would it, it, it even even a basic kind of uh non-intellectual star wars fan can look at that and go huh it's weird that they don't think other that they think other aliens are bad you know what i mean like, like that that just slight uh uh mental twist is is enough to kind of make you start to think about that stuff and even that i think has gotten lost a little bit in the noise of modern modern day pop culture consumption yeah. Just that little twist that doesn't even need to be that extreme of like, you know, uh, racism is bad or or uh, oppression is bad. It's just this little tiny twist in a character that makes you go, huh, that's not, you know, that's not right. Well, yeah, the, they, the Empire enslaved alien species for their agenda. Right. And, and, you know, like, it's not, I mean, the Empire is just human, so it's not white people, but... You know, essentially, it's it's the same same sociological caste system and you know right. systemic systemic race based oppression. It's just seen through the lens of a galaxy far, far away. You know? I mean, even in modern Star Wars, I think it's fair to say that humans are the white people of Star Wars. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, aliens are not. And although, don't you say that to Lando Calrissian? No, <laughs> bad. <laughs> well, for, but that's what I mean. Is like even even Solo tried to say some something about uh just different treatment of races and and aliens and and things it didn't try to say much let's be real solo wasn't that great but uh at least it tried movie, but, but not for <laughs> its, not for its uh, uh social message sure. <laughs> right yeah no i mean yeah there's and with the sequel series like you know what i mean we say it's muted down and it is but when when general hux is giving his rousing speech oh with his God. banners behind yeah. him uh, like before... that, that is a moment. And if that was... doesn't terrify you, then like you're not doing it right. You're not watching it right. Right. And, and I remember that was a moment where I turned to my buddy Danny and I was like, "See, space Nazis." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's oh, man. I was just like, right there you go. You're gonna. It's not. That's another Death Star. Mother F. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, th- I was talking to a friend about this like a couple months back, but we were talking about like another Death Star. But but honestly, if you want to talk about like the militarization of the police, like, yeah, like that, that sort of thing happens. Like you're like, oh, they would never build another Death Star. They would never use tanks again in the street. They would never this. No, no, no. Stop. They, the, the bad guys will build another Death Star. Like right. that's that's realistic. And they'll build it bigger and better unless yeah, you do something to the, stop it. Right, because the fault of the first one was that it was too weak and small. So let's just keep building it bigger, and right. obviously that's going to solve the problem. Clearly, there is a, a, a fault with the logic there. I feel like that is one of the uh, pressing issues in the Star Wars fandom. Is like, why do they keep making a goddamn Death Star and just bigger and bigger? But that's the logic. It's it wasn't good enough. We need to make it better. We need to make it bigger, and that is yeah. an accurate like militarization tactic. Yeah. If you make it big enough, eventually you can control everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, we're not, obviously, it is still like a, a silly, fun space opera in space, but I, I think what we're all trying to say is there's more to it and it, it's worth the consideration. 
And it's worth to look at narratives and see what your place is in the narrative. Especially uh, given all the people that have become, you know, quote, ex-Star Wars fans in the past 10 years or so. I think a lot of them are subconscious. They're reacting to this, uh, you know, subconscious knowledge that they side with the empire and and therefore are not get liking it anymore you know what i mean like they they they've grown up now and aren't able to suspend the disbelief that they are that they like the the rebellion yeah <laughs> well i mean i've also there i mean there are just some shit people that are not okay with you know people of color and and females and right. you know questions questions of sexuality and gender mm-hmm. and being inside there and, and it has become I mean it's not perfect it's still a white person's movie but there there is more you know you, you right. get Finn although not used to the level I would have liked him to be and Rose Tico and you know there, we love a Rose Tico <laughs> yeah I, I got these little uh, galactic figures today for uh, I think it's the Last Jedi and it came with a Rose Tico and a Ray and I was so happy I was like yeah Ty let's play with them <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's like, Who? And, and and some effort is better than no effort yes. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, but and but there, I mean, I'll never forget talking to my dad. He was telling me about when he saw Empire Strikes Back, how upset some guy was that Billy D. Williams was in the movie. Like, wow. You know, yeah, he was he was really mad, and he's never gonna watch another one because they you know they put a black guy in it. And I'm just like, and, and granted, you know, 1980 was a a different time 40 years ago. I know that because I'm old, but. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I, I do remember a, a hubbub about the first time we saw John Boyega in the trailer. Oh, and yeah. People, people were not terribly happy with it, which is very, very lame. But, you know, uh, yeah. Especially considering he's probably the second best actor in the entire trilogy. Like, yeah. Yeah. that's what I don't get is, like, he, he he did a great performance and he's a great actor. I don't understand what the issue is unless it's his skin color. Then then you need to admit that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's hard to like pull out John Boyega because of those traits because he is um, a very very strong actor and he played the role very well and really when you like distill it down and you hear people's complaints about why John Boyega is in the movie it, it kind of just keeps dripping down to that one particular <laughs> issue <laughs> yeah. because there really aren't a lot of arguments about why he shouldn't be in it. You're like because I like the first order and I I don't I don't partition with traitors. <laughs> like I guess it's still yeah, a, a guess. questionable, but I mean you know yeah. Either way, I feel like when you really distill it, like you, there's a lot of soul searching that you need to do at some point right. if you are that avid about something like that. Yes. And I mean, I, I, I like a lot of the new characters. I love that, you know, my 11 year old got to feels an affinity for Ray and sees even despite Rise of Skywalker still thinks that she can be a Jedi and do things. I think that's awesome, like wonderful and lovely. And I mean, Princess Leia, obviously strong ass woman and, and brought that for a lot of a lot of older women. But yeah, I, I enjoy those things. But I, I do think like and we're going to go through some other geek stuff. It's important to look at if you love something what is it really saying and and is if you if you really ascribe to it does does the way you live your life run counter to that or do you do you say one thing when it's it's real world and and then completely a different thing when you're in your fantasy world right and what that says about you (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i I, i'm not going to be able to psychoanalyze 18 listeners but no (laughs) (laughs) yeah what, were there were there other geekdoms you you wanted to bring up? I know we didn't structure this very well, but um, the other one that I thought was just really relevant is V for Vendetta. 
um, yes. just because I think it really applies to the current state of the country in terms of authoritarianism and kind of quote safety uh, after 9/11. Um, and I think, also viruses, y'all. Well, that, that too, and I and I, like, and I, and I would like to talk about every part that. of this covered. So I, I would like to talk about that, but I think where it really comes in is just how, I mean, a lot of people have been paying attention, but I think a lot of people in America just kind of let post 9/11 happen, and nobody really questioned where we were going or what path we were on, and now they're kind of waking up 20 years later and going, oh we've come all the way down this long path and maybe they're not where they want to be anymore, or maybe we're not in a place that we need to be anymore, uh, you know, with the way the world has gone in the past 20 years. So, um, it, it, it can take a lot, uh, it can take a very big societal shift to wake people, to wake up enough people to, uh, to, to overcome that inertia. And, and I think this past two weeks has been a good example of that. Just, just the idea that eventually it will boil over, even if uh, you make an effort to hide, uh, you know, um, the truth or if you make an effort to suppress the what's really happening. Uh, eventually enough people will find out and make enough of a big stink about it to really start the start the, the motion of changing the system. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's a lot in it. I mean, the entire point of like Nordic supremacy and neo-fascist totalitarianism. Like, right. Yeah, and and yes, it's it's happening to the Brits, but what what happens in a, a Western country? I hate that terminology. The map map should be restructured. But anyways, that's the history major. In me. <laughs> <laughs> um, like yeah, it's we're just because their islands smaller doesn't mean that things are terribly different. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and the thing I keep going back to, especially with that, is the the propaganda aspect of it. Um, the whole uh, Lewis Prothero and the Voice of England and how you can kind of not change the message, but bend the message uh, however you really want to, as long as you're doing it with intent, uh, how powerful that is and how mm -hmm. I think uh, kind of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to reveal my political leanings a little bit, but how the Republican party has been co-opted by this idea of fear and you must constantly be afraid of either immigrants or black people or criminals or, uh, whatever the flavor of the month is that you must be afraid of so that we can keep control and uh, keep everybody in line so that you don't have to be afraid. Hey, man, uh, unity through faith, okay? <laughs> England prevails. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, like, I, I saw the movie before I read the, uh, the Alan Moore book, but uh, there's definitely Orwell 1984 all over it. All you know? over mm -hmm. it. Uh, and that's, like, literally, I was like, oh, goodness. I mean, heck, even in Geekdom just recently, Legends of Tomorrow, like their pen ultimate episode, was set in a reality where the fates have come back and taken away free will. And everybody mm -hmm. is living in a Orwellian like dystopia, you know, where it's controlled by three people. And it's it's not as fascist and totalitarian, but I was like, right, That's right there. These these messages are still still being used to, like, try to wake people up. Right. Or, or put them to sleep, you know. One way, yeah. Like I said, it's all about your intent. If you're trying to do this, if you're using if you're using propaganda and messaging in positive way, like I think there's positive uses, um, but I think there's also a lot of negative uses, and I think that's one of the tools that has led us down this long path of authoritarianism that I don't think a lot of people have realized how far we've gone. Yeah. Um, and and so, like I said, a lot of people are waking up to that, and it's a lot of soul searching for some people. Yeah. 
And and sorry, friends, if you're listening, it's not your job to be the thought police on Facebook. Like, <laughs> like the 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 guy that owns Facebook has has you covered there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it, it's crazy. And and when you watch that movie at the end, you are on V's side. You know what I mean? You are right. the the spirit of the little girl in the mask storming, you know, the Bailey and, and you feel good about it, you know, sitting in your armchair, like, yeah, take down the fascists, you know, take down, take down this control. Uh, and then you end the movie and, uh, you go back to your Twitter feed and, (laughs) and you pop on star Wars cause dab gummit, you love some, love some Tusken Raiders (laughs) (laughs) and, and you forget, forget the, yeah, the geek media actually is it is meant to entertain it absolutely is but there there are i don't the word that came to mind was subversive but that's not what i really mean there there are people trying to give you messages yeah it's not even like a subliminal message at that point like right viva vendetta is so relevant to everything that is happening currently in every respect like it it just Sit and watch it if you haven't watched it in a while, and it will just beat you over the face with a message. And it's it's not trying to hide anything, right? But yes, people get a lot of entertainment out of that, and they kind of take that at face value, and they're like, "Well, that was a fun story." Good night, everybody. <laughs> and they just ignore it. I don't know how you can ignore it. England prevails. <laughs> and, and I and I think *Viva Vendetta* is also useful as a as a uh, what's the word teaching tool because it shows that you you aren't necessarily going to be perfect, even if you're on the side of, quote, good. Um, v makes a lot of mistakes and, you know, isn't necessarily a perfect person, uh, isn't a perfect uh, revolutionary, isn't a perfect fighter of uh, on the side of good, but his efforts are directed in a way that, that ultimately he, he hopes will, will achieve justice. And that's all you can really ask out of someone who is a hero, is that, you know, the the same as uh, 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 they say the best villain is someone who thinks they're fighting for good but it just turns out that they're not um and a hero is someone who thinks that they're fighting for good and it just turns out that they are uh that's that thing is that that concept is is writ real large in v for vendetta and i think that's very true right now um is that a lot of people want to want to kind of assume that cops are are good and and uh good people and that you know i'm i'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt and say that sure maybe a lot of cops are good, but that doesn't mean they're perfect, and that doesn't mean that they're not worthy of criticism, or or that the systems they're a part of aren't worthy of change, or things like that. Like like uh, you can be on the side of good and still require a lot of uh, I'm going to use the word maintenance, but that's that's not what I mean. It, 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 you're not going to be perfect. You you still need to work on yourself and work on uh, what you're doing and how you're doing it, just as much as if not more than a bad guy. Quote. Right. Yeah, the uh, it's in, I mean you know it, it it's gonna it definitely change requires a movement but but lot small steps together equal one big trek mm-hmm. you know and I think you know V a lot of the in the movie is is waking up Evie but right. you know being the change in the world to one human being and getting them getting them to readdress you know the way they look at the world. If if they turn that on, you know what? Everybody likes to use that term, snowflakes, right? For people with an agenda. Right. But but one of you know Sean, one of the things he loved to say was a bunch of snowflakes together eventually equals an avalanche. Right. Yeah. You know, and 
and that's I think one of the keys, especially when Nick was talking about like you don't have to be perfect. These intent was revenge, right? Like that mm-hmm. is not a good. You're not like that is not like I'm foraging for justice and righteousness. It's just bad things were done to me, and I'm going to do bad things. And then along the way, he finds. Edie and kind of wakes her up to everything that's happening in the world and she is not perfect and she doesn't think that she wants to be part of it because the, everything was fine. It didn't really impact her a whole lot and then realize that it's not really about her at this point and it's not about me at this point and the more that they gain traction and the more time goes on the more and more people seem to be coming around to the idea that this is not an okay way to live and it really does impact everybody. And it, and that's what starts and galvanizes the movement, right? Like right. it takes everybody and it, it has to start somewhere, right? Like Sean always said, a snowflake eventually becomes an avalanche. Right. And, and the, and that's the key is that it, it, it starts somewhere and it has to, it requires the, the waking up of people, you know? And I think that's what a lot of the last two weeks has been for, hopefully a lot of people is, is just that waking up and now we can start to hopefully move forward. Yeah. Like one of the, like when we, when I sent you the message saying, let's do this thing, I was like, Oh, you know, what do I, what do I want to look at? Like, what do I want to rewatch? And, and literally I went back to a very, very poor attempt to discuss comic books as social movements. Mm-hmm. How, however, I, as, cause I'm a history major, I did a lot of freaking research and and really like dove into the medium as best I could. The the paper is not based on the faults of my research. It's just it was a tough you know you you got to come up with a good thesis and they're not easy to argue. But really like I think one of the things like I wrote down a quote from it like comic books they're not social movements in themselves but portraying social activism and human rights does create an argument for some people in favor of diversity and social justice and can parallel like pursuits of other social activism. Like you see people using the medium for everything from civil rights, human rights to, you know, LGBTQIA issues. Like there, there's prime examples of that. And the, the, you know, this Alan Moore wrote this in 1988. It was a long time ago, you know, 32 years. However, the, the message is still poignant, and that should scare the fuck out of people. Like, yeah, it, it still is relevant, and, and nothing yeah, has really changed in the global consciousness or the global way we view power and and social systems like that. And it, it's all still the same, and that's what's so wild, especially, I think, with the, with the modern internet and everything, is that it's all been there. It's just nobody wanted to look. Well, but and then you have people like obfuscating like true messages where mm-hmm. I see like the thing trending is getting rid of chase the police dog on Paw Patrol. And I'm just like, no, stop, stop talking about this, <laughs> because what what is happening right now is somebody found a way to trigger your outrage where you're not talking about the real issue. Yeah. anymore. Right. This, this is it's an outrage trigger. And, and somebody very, very smart found a way to 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 throw a, a smoke grenade into your protest right you know and you need to just hold your breath move beyond it and get back to the issue like and plus paw patrol will be fine like my my boy loves it and we'll keep playing with chase the police dog because he is one of the good cops out there but he's a fictional cop so he's 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 definitely (laughs) going to transition to a system of community-based outreach and mental health awareness and uh, eliminating racial bias in institutions. So yeah, he'll be fine. He is, he is the paragon of, of being a cop, right? And he is, in fact, like the goodest cop, right? The right. goodest boy. Well, he's a cop. dog. Exactly. He's the goodest boy. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I just, I, I opened up like social media and saw that and I was like, oh God, please, not, not this morning. 
Because <laughs> well, that, that's, that's why it's so hard. It's it's they there's there's so much going on that even even if you have even if you think you've got a good handle on what is the right uh, you know and I'm using that term very loosely uh, the right path forward there's so much obfuscation and distraction and other things pulling people's focus away that uh, you know that's one of the reasons why this is taking you know so long in terms of getting people on board and and getting people to listen to the plight of the oppressed is is that they there's just so much other stuff that they they want to pay attention to mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean for for people who are geeks like literally if you want to talk about like race relations and, and you want to go to you know the the mecca to see literally look up stanley's soapboxes and just read like five of them and, and yeah. see what stanley lieber had to say about right. you know what I mean this 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 white man that a lot of people hold up on a pedestal who is a Jewish man who did very well for himself and and was not afraid like in the 60s 70s 80s to be like listen up chuckleheads racism's wrong <laughs> 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 true believers uh, there's there's some really great ones that I saw there was one that was trending because somebody put it up there and I was like okay cool that sounds nice you know it's 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 a start I suppose Stanley sainted Stanley but right. But, you know, yes, look at that. But then look at, like, if you love Harry Potter, like, we had a little conversation with this on, on Facebook. And we can get back to V for Netta. I'm not trying to change the subject. Oh, no, but, we can, we can oh, we love a Harry want. Potter. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, like, I'm, I'm driving in my car and thinking about, like, whether you go to the original, like, seven books or movies. Or if you go to, like, the new stuff, the, the pure blood wizards trying to keep the purity of magic and then also oppress people that don't have magic. And and if you don't see like race and class there clearly, like you know, with right. uh, J.K. Rowling's problematic opinions aside, like yes, like it's it's right there for you. And yes, it's a children's book. And yes, there's there's teen angst and and hormones and romance and and weird weird Hermione with the ginger, but <laughs> <laughs> but there they there there's a true message in there. To, for for kids to read that hopefully they absorb and take with them into adulthood right and i will say that just to get it out of the way like jk rowling is is problematic right like yeah that is, that is yeah. an issue but it's it doesn't change what i got out of reading that series and growing up with it and and you know my my enjoyment of it it just doesn't i don't want to like invest or purchase in anything that she has to do now right if she's gonna put out any other like books or media it's not something that i'm gonna gravitate toward i mean i barely watched the fantastic beast sorry um, where to catch them all yeah <laughs> fantastic beast and uh, where to catch them all um but i will say that harry potter is still a very very big part of my life and i will keep it as such because it did make an impact on me um essentially i feel like those books taught us so much about how to be a citizen of the world right like everyone is important regardless mm-hmm. of how weird you think they are they're important and they're going to stand up for you because you took the time to get to know them because they're weird and you uh like as long as you have love and love for every person like it's going to change the way that you live it's going to change the way that um you interact with the world it's going to literally protect you in certain cases um it it teaches and kind of really dives into classism and racism like you talked about mm-hmm. uh because of the whole pure blood thing like 
they have derogatory terms for people who are not pure blood. And obviously we have very derogatory terms for people who are um, like people of color or um, people that are LGBTQIA. Like there are people that think that anyone that is different is less than. And these books have taught us so much about how to deal with that and how to kind of say like, screw it. You're clearly on the wrong side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, there's, and the, the, the bad guys are going to use all sorts of force, like, and they'll, they'll infiltrate the system. You know, the system is not perfect. And just because you rail against the system, you're not, you're not railing against the entirety of it. You're just saying it needs to look inward, you know, and the fact that all, all those death eaters are, are within the ministry of magic and, and easily, easy doing things. And even even have I think at one point the minister of magic is like literally just like following their agenda completely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of questions about like living in a climate of fear, like that he who should not be named, like literally they're just like oh we're not going to talk about the bad thing that that'll keep it away, like we just don't talk about and, it. And it yeah. yeah, like Cornelius Fudge, the the minister of magic at at one point in time, it literally just like la 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 nothing to see here. Like Voldemort's not back. You guys are all insane. Like this is a you problem. You're just gonna make everyone scared again. So like, stop scaring people. Stop saying things. And they're like, no, the the truth needs to be told. Like people need to be afraid so they can take action to protect themselves. Like just because there's some sort of fear associated with with change, right? You still need to like brace for. It. You still need to buckle up and get ready to change. Right. And, and there's a difference there between, I think, fear of change and fear of, like, I'm going to use a very generic term, chaos, um, that kind of gets back to what I was talking about, about 9-11. And, you know, Voldemort was so scary and chaotic and people were just getting randomly killed and everyone was so afraid and nobody wants to return to that. Cornelius Fudge doesn't want to return to this fear of random chaos and random death. And I think that's what a lot of people who are resisting i think the the kind of current flow towards uh changing policing in this country are just afraid of of that random chaos they're afraid of somebody random running up to them on the street and shooting them in the forehead or someone gunning down their their kid at school or something they're they're afraid of this chaos and they think they can just control it with you know militarization of police and and you know authoritarian policies and and you know there's there's certainly something to be said for safety with strength, but I think you you can definitely go too far. And, uh, you know, in, in Harry Potter, they, they go a little bit too far, but they very quickly realize like, Hey, we need, we need to wake up and, and fight fear with knowledge and, and light and openness instead of uh, trying to control it with authoritarianism. You know, Umbridge is, is the, I think, uh, you know, platonic ideal of the authoritarian leader. And, uh, you know, nobody likes her. There's no, you know, no, no Harry Potter, no Harry Potter fan worth their salt thinks Umbridge is a good example of a leader. Yet right. so many, yet so many people, I think, are trying to latch onto the police as their only bastion against random chaos. And I think that's just a very fearful way to live. Right. And then there are so many people that are like, well, like, yeah, Professor Umbridge isn't great, but like, my family was definitely on the inquisitorial squad. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, yeah, she's not Dra- great, but like they're not making actively great choices either. Yeah, and, and Draco, the Draco analogy I think is really useful is that a lot of people are defending police, I don't think, out of any sort of real passion or uh, loyalty to the uh, 
to the thing itself. They're just trying to be loyal to the people. They're, be, they're, you know, they're, they're loyal to the person, not the uniform, or they're loyal to the, to the person, not the system. But they can't see that the system and the person are so intertwined that, that supporting one means supporting the other. Um, and so they have to make their own choices, and that's hard for a lot of people. And Drake? Yeah. And, and we, I mean, we, we sort of talked about at the beginning, no, nobody is, none of us think any of this is easy. Like, no. And it's, not. It, it's, it's not as easy as being like, you're right. Harry Potter, V for Vendetta, and Star Wars should have taught me more. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's 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 where you're looking at the soapbox you're going to be getting on. That's that has right. nothing to do with standing on the soapbox. It has nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it it does not. And and you can't listen to Stanley say that the stories have room for everyone, regardless of race, gender, religion, or color. If if you don't believe that, you know what right. I mean. You know, you're like, oh, good for Stan Lee. He's saying good things. Now, why is there a Black Panther movie? Like, <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that was one thing I, I wanted. We, we talked about the Potter and Dolores Umbridge, the worst. I think we can agree on that. But, Absolutely. you know, there, there are steps in the geek community. And a movie that I, I honestly, I, I ranked it lower because I had some problems with, like, plot and because I, I expect so much. I expect cinema excellence from every single one of my superhero movies. But the more and more I watch the Black Panther movie, the more I'm like, fuck how important it is. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like so incredibly important. And not, not just because of Black Lives Matter or anything. Like, there, there's a lot going on in the movie. An incredibly lot. And there, there's a literal third act fight in an underground railroad. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. But, and like, so Michael B. Jordan, Killmonger. Killmonger is such a dynamic um, villain, right? Like, I, I've always hated to call him a villain because, like, he's not wrong. Right. 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 It's, he's not definitely not the right way to go about it. But, like, he's not wrong. Well, I mean, there, there's an interesting analog to Black Panther, and go with me because I'm out, kind of sort of out here on a leave. But if if you were to take Black Panther and make everybody white, okay, mm-hmm. so this is no longer a movie about Black lives. You have a, a prosperous kingdom that's done very well for itself, but has it stayed very isolationist, you know, a la America before World War One, if you will. But you you've got a nation, and then you have other people who are suffering pointing pointing at that nation saying it's it's your fault things are going on now i don't i don't side with killmonger saying that wakanda is at fault for any of the systemic racism and oppression of of america and i get his frustration where he expected more from from this disconnected you know thing but it, it, when you're when you when you're feeling frustrated definitely it's it's very important to see who you're pointing fingers at because i'm pretty sure like it was very clear by the end that that when you know king t'challa sees like yes we probably should have been more united like globally fighting oppression yeah. like he was he was all about being on board like it didn't take him much it didn't it's he didn't just do it because he fought an underground railroad like right. he was like no you're right and like in, instead of pointing if it was a white story you know i guess this would be you know, the, the poor working class, you know, blue collar people pointing at the rich class and saying it's your fault that I'm poor. And in some ways, yes, it is it is their fault because they've developed a system that has allowed them to prosper while others don't. But if if the hand was reached out from above, like that hand needs to be grabbed, you know, yeah. right. I, don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever. No, it, it, it did. And it I totally think did. Uh, I think I mean, I'm also going to go out on a limb here, but uh, I read a thing when the movie came out that said there's a very clear distinction between uh being black in terms of wakanda and being black in terms of america in that movie 
And uh, I think what you're trying to get at, I think, is what the article was saying, is that by the end of the movie, uh, uh, T'Challa is forced to acknowledge that there's no such thing as two kinds of black. Yes, Wakanda has been very successful and uh, has avoided a lot of the injustices that the rest of black people around the world have, but that doesn't mean that they're not part of it. They're, they're all responsible and, and part of the, the, the history of the world. And so just because uh, they've, they are of, their avoidance of the injustice means they now have a responsibility to help others escape that injustice. And so that's why the ending, I think, was so powerful when they go to Oakland and they want to build the, the new uh, Wakandan uh, embassy there is that they're literally saying like, hey, we're, we're not just going to like say we're coming out of our shell. We're literally going to go build you a shell, uh, like, a, like a, a second shell and, and help you like furnish it, basically. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're not just putting our money where our mouth is. We're stepping out of our shell and helping you. And I think that was the, the change that I think a lot of people didn't notice or, or you know, didn't, didn't think about when they think about the movie in, in those kinds of te- uh, terms is mm-hmm. that T'Challa goes through as much change in terms of his own uh, viewing of his own race as Killmonger does, I think. Yeah. The problem is he wasn't in the movie all that much, you know. No, right. Yeah, the the movie could have been called World of Wakanda and would still be an excellent movie, but I mean, it, but it's it's well crafted and it's hard. And obviously, people that are better at it write these things than me. I'm not saying I could just whip up a story where it's like, woo, look at my good story. Um, but yeah, and I mean, I remember when I saw it in the theater the first time, and when Killmonger's like bury me in the ocean with you know right. people before me, yeah. I was like, oh white people going to be mad. Like, I was like, cause it, cause it did not hit anybody over the head with Ryan Coogler's message until that point, at least to me as a, right. as a cis, you know, white male. And that's where I was like, Oh, okay, here we go. Like, well, that's, and that's when that line was when I knew that like, they weren't just trying to be, you know, basic Marvel Disney. If they yeah. were actually trying to say something like, like they were actually trying to, we're not give... pulling punches at this right, point. Right. Right. And even if we did pull a little bit of punches earlier, I'm going to I'm going to let this one connect fully. You know what I mean? Right. It's, you know, it's basically the point where it's like, if I haven't been clear up to this point, right. let me be 100 percent clear. Like this movie is about something yeah. like and I remember when one of my friends pointed out the entire like Underground Railroad thing. And I was fuck, really? I was like, <laughs> OK, I was like, you know, that whole Underground Railroad thing is just like a metaphor, right? Like, but, <laughs> but I was like, OK, OK, yeah. And like the more I've watched it, like I, I do tease because I love the way uh, Forrest Whitaker talks in the movie. The Black Panther. Like, yeah, I love it. But uh, but the more I watch it, I'm like, dude, this movie, this movie is pretty dope. And like, I feel bad because when Blue saw it with me, he loved it. And I was like, it was good. Like, it was OK. But uh, I wasn't critiquing it just because it was a black people movie, you know. It yeah. just I, I I love this stuff, and of course, you know, I'm the guy that loves Thor Ragnarok, and I don't know what that says about me, but I love it. I love Ragnarok. <laughs> yes, it, it's my number one. I can't help it. Followed closely by Winter Soldier. Okay, Winter Soldier is always Soldier the number one. The number so one. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but also you're you're wrong. It's um, okay. But Winter but that, Soldier is definitely the number one, and also I feel like it's so very, relevant. Uh, I, I, I purposely though. wrote down a segue so I could make sure that I got to Winter Soldier. You're welcome. What a, what a dream. <laughs> I've, I've been doing this for 195 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Longer than Sean. <laughs> uh, rest in power. <laughs> uh, I loved it. 
Yeah, he's he's shrugging at me. It's fine. He's shrugging but, uh, up at us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> shrugging up at us. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> no, but but you know, Marvel movies. If you want to say like, oh, you know, these movies aren't about anything. Wrong. Right. Wrong. Like some are sillier than others. You Especially know. Especially the Captain America ones. Like they're the ones that at least tried to say something. Civil War got a little muddled, but Winter Soldier is is very obviously trying to say, hey. Like maybe we should uh, pay attention to the people that that we trust to guard us and uh, trust to protect us. We should probably, uh, you know, make sure they're doing it right and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Maybe you should look at intelligence agencies and right. governmental systems and see if they're actually, you know, being hey, how you. Go ahead. It was, who who are we working for at this point? Right. right. Like. Yes. What is your intelligence serving? Yeah. Well, I mean, like in in a current world where literally the former head of the CIA, David Petrius, General David Petrius, who was also a big big general in the military, right. and comes out and says, you know, U.S. military bases named after Confederate generals need to have their names changed, like, and yeah, like that's that's an example of somebody saying a message that I agree with, but but also like that's that's one voice amongst a bunch, and in in Winter Soldier, like, there's a clear analog. It, Cap fights Nazis in the first movie. Hydra is Nazis. If you're at a convention, tr- marching around to Hydra and doing your salutes, fuck you. Like yeah. those are Nazis. Like I, do, it, oh, it makes me so uncomfortable and I want to rage, but I have my kids and I'm like, oh. <laughs> but but Hydra continues into the modern day in Winter Soldier. And and yes, there is Bucky and all the beautiful, you know, kicks to the face and all that. But there's more to it than just the story of brothers. Right. There, there is uh, a police apparatus and a police state, you know, if you will. I don't know. You guys, you guys have talked better than me, so take it away. <laughs> um, well, we made that Facebook post about how the end of the movie is so relevant to people who are trying to kind of ride both sides of the current issue with police and Black Lives Matter. They want to support Black Lives Matter because they see the injustices uh, rife throughout the country, but they also want to support. Uh, police usually because they have family or friends or uh, they've just put a lot of trust in that system and that's very similar to the way that uh, Nick Fury wants to save some part of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the end of the movie he wants to salvage some piece of this big you know kind of thing that he's worked on for so long and has uh, used in so many good ways you know he's uh, there's a lot of examples in the movie of how he's used the power of S.H.I.E.L.D. to help people um, but it's very clear that uh, Alexander Pierce has used that power in just as many, if not worse, ways. Um, and that's what Cap is getting at when he says it all has to get dismantled. It all has to go because not only did you not notice, but a lot of people died before you did notice. Um, and, and those people are the ones we're trying to make up for, not necessarily uh, any specific injustice. You know, a lot of people want to focus on George Floyd right now. And what happened to him, but this has been going on for so much longer and has has affected so many more people that it all has to go, even if you think some piece of it can be fixed, then that's a discussion we can have afterwards once we dismantle the system that is clearly broken. Yeah, very well said. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a long sit-down chat about Winter Soldier um because it is it's so it's one of our household movies like it's yeah. one of our, our like very favorites that we both agree on and we'll watch over and over again um but like that's such a, a poignant thing for this very moment and uh alexander pierce wants peace right right like 
he's not actively like trying to say that the world doesn't deserve peace. He just wants it in a different way. And that peace is through um, like basically just murdering people, right? Like these people are questionable. They are uh, not in line with our values and they need to be taken out so we can establish peace. And once we've established peace, everything will be fine. We just have to do it in this very specific way that hurts a lot of people. Right. And the end goal is still the same. We all want peace. We all want happiness. We just don't need to murder a bunch of people in order to do it. It's a very blatant obvious of the ends do not justify the means. Um, and I think that's just a, a, a concept that a lot of people have gotten away from. Again, post 9-11, you know, fear of, you know, this is necessary for our safety. Um, I think a lot of that has, you know, we've, we've gotten away from the, the goal, which was safety. And it's just been about comfort and, and the illusion of control for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I mean, the people being targeted at the end of the movie are everybody not like Hydra. Right. You know, the the subversives and the people and with differing opinions. And that's so arbitrary. It can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Right now it's right now it's Antifa. Whatever's Antifa is bad. And <laughs> anything that's anti-fascist, like yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I enjoy everybody who points out you know all the you know Cap America, Captain America punching Hitler in the face, or <laughs> D-Day is the largest uh, largest Antifa oper- operation in the history of the world. <laughs> like I I enjoy all that stuff. And but you know if if that's gonna be then then everything if, if the anti then the pro get to be it too. Right. I'm, I I I don't have as many issues with Antifa as I do with Profa. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and well, I think I, I made it pretty clear by railing against nerds wanting to be Hydra agents. But like, yeah, like it's it's not okay. And, well, and getting into what we were talking about before about how there's a lot of complexity in a lot of these issues and a lot of people aren't uh, just aren't kind of waking up to that nuance. I think there's a flip side to that coin where people try to make a nuanced issue out of something that is a little less complex. Uh, you know, like, for instance, I don't think it's that complex to be anti-fascist. Yes, I think there's a dialogue about how far you want to take that, especially since, uh, you know, kind of the, the anti-fascist uh, philosophy is that you do whatever it takes to oppose fascism, and that can include violence. And some people don't like that. But just the idea of being against fascism, I don't understand how that can be at all controversial to some people. And I don't understand how how seeing the words anti-fascist can can cause defensiveness, you know what I mean? Or, or and, and if it does, why aren't you going, huh, maybe I'm a fascist? You know what I mean? Like, like that it's not a complex issue in that sense. If you are, if you are, at all made uncomfortable by Antifa, you might be a fascist. You know what I mean? Like that's, that to me is not a complex issue the way that a lot of people are trying to make it. Well, and yeah, I mean, I, I saw, I read a really great article. I, I wish I had gotten the author's name, but it's basically, it's, it's not enough to say you're not racist. You have right. to be anti-racist. Right. Like, like actively. Like, yeah. You right. don't, you don't just get to be like, well, I'm not racist. Like, no. so, but so it's I'm okay if other people day, are. Right. Yeah. I'm not racist. Keep living my best and happiest life. Yeah, like, and especially all the like, well, what, what, I wish everybody would just love each other. Like, why isn't everybody just ha- like, why can't we just all be happy? Like, those those are the people that annoy me right now because it's very obvious that you just want everything to be comfortable and not actually good. Those are the motherfuckers going after my boy Chase on Paw Patrol. 
Right, you're not adding anything to the conversation. It's it's a very Mean Girls moment, and I know that's not like super nerd, but I'm bringing it up. But it's just everyone like we should build a cake and have rainbows, and you don't even go here. Like you're right. not even talking about the same thing. Like you're not being useful. Leave. Yeah, like I think like as a, as a takeaway from all this, like it, it might be an interesting experiment, dear listener, to to watch one or all of these things that we talked about, and like literally open your mind and be like, what are they saying? And like deal with like whether you agree or disagree. I won't tell you which way to feel. Like you're entitled to your own human experience. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, like to literally think like, huh, like what what's your favorite movie? If your favorite movie is the Winter Soldier, like we're we're telling you, there's more in it than just like the story of Cap and Bucky. Like, and, and if you want to be an authoritarian, go for it, but just be honest about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like just be honest with yourself. Don't don't delude yourself into thinking you are on the side of of the rebellion or on the side of uh, you know Captain America when in reality you aren't, uh, because that's just going to lead to a lot of personal uh, strife. You know, mental. Uh, discomfort and stuff like that just be honest about who you are and what your values are um and you know and if it turns out you're not comfortable with your values maybe you think about that and do some soul searching and and find some values that you feel comfortable with yeah like like some people out there you're not luke skywalker you're the stormtrooper who hits his head on his way in like yes. you are <laughs> right you are and hopefully that 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 resounding thud to your dome might get you thinking like you know, and all like it, it sort of baffles me, and I know you guys don't want to talk forever. I appreciate you guys to, recording so late with the baby, the Thank baby you. going to sleep and stuff. But like all of this geekdom, like to me, when when I was young and I liked these things, it wasn't cool. Like I had friends that thought it was cool, and like you found like mm-hmm. people, but all of these things weren't. You know, you got made fun of for liking Star Wars. Oh yeah. There was, oh, there was a day certainly. where you yeah where you got. Made fun of for liking Captain America or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or whatever it was, like all these things. So all the, all this stuff is created by like like minds, people, you know, persecuted in a way. You know, nothing nothing on par with like systemic racial oppression. But yeah, you, but, rejection you know, people, from society created the X Men. Yes, <laughs> yes, and the the X Men fight for a world that hates them. Like right, like don't don't pull any punches. The world for the most part, hates the mutants because it's the end of, you know, Homo sapien at the hands of Homo superior. And yeah. and, and then they, yet they still fight for the world because it's the right thing to do. And when you're doing the right thing, sometimes people are going to hate you. Like, it's fact. And it's, and it's going to be hard. That's, that's the other part is that doing the right thing is not an easy job, especially in times of stress like this, in times of strife. It is a hard choice and it's a, it's a hard work sometimes. Yeah. That's literally so I know that there's a, a physical character called the Winter Soldier. We love him, but like the point of the Winter Soldier is that Captain America is the Winter Soldier. It's it's a Thomas Paine quote. Right. right. Like he is the one who is go it's easy to be a summer soldier when everything's great. It's easy to to have a banner and to like fight for a cause. But when you're in the middle of winter and it's snowing and it's cold and you're trudging through the sleet and the mud it's it's hard it's hard to be a winter soldier right that's when you need to step it up the most yeah and i mean there there is a it's i don't want to bring god into this but you know no atheists in foxholes but one of my friends pointed out there are no racists in foxholes either yeah that's true when, when you when you were under attack and forced to bond with somebody like i know a lot of people that came from places that lacked diversity and at the end of their time in the military they were much better human beings right 
like regardless of the agenda or the mission and how anybody believes in that, the individuals serving became better human beings. Well, there's that famous quote, the, you know, prejudice, the the first victim of travel is prejudice or something like, you know, as soon as you step outside your bubble, the first thing that happens is you go, oh, the things I thought were were good and bad are not actually good and bad. Yes. Well, (laughs) I mean, like one example, I had a buddy named John from like the hills of Alabama. And before he went to Texas for basic training, he'd never met or seen a black person. Right. Never. And he's from Alabama. You think of Alabama, you're like, oh, you know racism and this and that no there was no racism on his mountain because there just weren't any black people like and then he, he got to texas it was like oh i need to figure out figure out my life and we were like yes john you do <laughs> of course there's there's more to that our dorm literally was divided north and south like they put all, all the southerners on one side and all all the northerners on the other and somehow californians ended up on the southern side and there literally was like a civil war going on for like six weeks in san antonio texas it was wild this white boy was shook <laughs> it was really shook but uh yeah i was just yeah it's they get out there and see the world and realize you know when you when you read stuff they're the geeks, they were they were bullied and teased, and so when they write stuff, they're not into that for right. the most part. I mean, now it's much more popular, and who knows what that will do to mediums and whatnot. But I, I do feel like as as woke as the world is trying to become, like you're seeing more and more, and it's lovely. Right. It, it's so good. You're you're getting a lot of representation in comics, and you know you can go backwards if you want to read North Star and Alpha Flight. Super freaking cool for LGBTQ yeah. or or Lord Fanny from the Invisibles. Like, <laughs> yeah, Brazilian transgender character in the 1980s. Fuck yeah. Like, super cool. But I mean, or even dive into if you like Martian Manhunter or you like S- Superman, literally aliens. And we're not talking just like aliens, like not from Earth. Like, this is a story, an immigrant story of of people fighting fighting for people that hate them because superman deals with a lot of that too maybe not in the golden age but you know he's he's literally a resident alien they're created by two jewish men for the purpose of of spreading a message of what it is like to be an outsider like and and literally superman has to contend with he is part of the machine he is part of the police state you know superman no longer does the truth justice and the american way it's just truth and justice now you know (laughs) Like the American way, blotted off because because it's problematic. And but or go read George Orwell, you know, a book written in 1949 that that still resonates. Or go to your library. I promise they have V for Vendetta. I promise. <laughs> like that's that's one of those like seminal you know yeah. pieces of fiction. There's there's lots of good stuff, and and you'll find gems. I I think one of my the, I was thinking like what comic would I want to talk about for this? And there's a really great 1970 issue of Green Lantern where a Green Lantern gives like the, he stands up on his soapbox as a white person and he's like you know Dr. King is assassinated and John F. Kennedy's assassinated and and everything's awful like on the streets of Memphis a black man died and in Los Angeles a good white man fell and he's like something's something's rotting the moral cancer. Of, of our of society and literally a black wow. man stands up and he's like you know green lantern you fight for every color of person and alien except for black people and green yeah. Lantern is like fuck you're <laughs> right like it, and this is 1970 yeah and, and literally like he's like you help blue people and green people and yellow people but you don't you don't care about this and i was like there's a, a really interesting like 
don't just stand on your soapbox and talk because you want to seem better right because all you look is foolish in the long run you know what i mean if you want to look at politicians and say they're always voting for this and that but they're saying something else like that that does apply to your personal life too right you know if if and it doesn't mean you have to go march on the streets and it doesn't mean you know i'm not going to tell anybody how to live their life and be a part of it but there there are ways there's definitely ways and we already talked about you know small snowflakes and avalanches it just goes back to that self reflection it takes searching within yourself to figure out what you're capable of and what you're willing to to do and and go for and doing it yeah for sure you guys have like pop culture is the easiest way to do that right right if you're gonna watch a movie anyway you can really start now and analyze your characters and and who you think these people are and what they really stand for and what message they're trying to tell you instead of having to just i don't know like google search and just like what is fascism and and am i a fascist like it's it's a lot easier to like palette when you're getting it from an entertainment source that you already enjoy anyway you just get to think about it in a different way and it's an easy way to soul search right right yes and and definitely find find the people that are saying the things counter to what you believe in because it 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 is going to help you iron out how you feel like i i know there there's a lot of (laughs) facebook is ugly let's be real you know, and mm-hmm. there, there's been some really horrible stuff. In, and there's some people I work with who have said some things and I'm going to have to encounter them in a place where yep. I really, really can't mm-hmm. say how I feel because of whatever. But, uh, but it doesn't mean they're my friend and it doesn't mean they're invited to the barbecue. Right. And uh, it does not mean that if it's if it's really bad, I'm not going to say something like so, sorry about that. Like, yep. yeah. yeah. Oh, I've definitely I've definitely burned some bridges this this past week for sure. Yeah, bye-bye, Grant. Fuck you, sir. Oh, boy. <laughs> we can have a whole separate podcast episode about that guy. I don't even know him, but I was like, oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I don't want even to get there. That, that could be a, right. an off-the-mic off conversation. Yeah. But, but, like, I think all we're trying to say is there there's more to pop culture, especially geek culture, than maybe met your eye and and honestly probably preaching the choir like everybody listening by this point they're like you know joe talked for seven seven minutes and 40 seconds about black lives matter and i'm still listening you know so they're at least willing Um, but if you're just finding the podcast welcome what an episode to start with (laughs) (laughs) but but two of my favorite people on it so that makes me happy but i guess uh the floor is yours kelly nick if you have any closing part party shots or whatnot you want to go first kelly no, I never <laughs> want to go first. Uh, okay. Uh, all I all I want to say is just you know, just this is not a time to be afraid of going forward. I mean, uh, you know, you and I, Joey, have seen the historical perspective for so long. We've been immersed in, you know, the the concept of American uh, revolution over and over throughout its history, and a lot of people. Uh, aren't as familiar with that. So so for us, I don't think it's as uh, big of a change, but I think for a lot of people, this is just a new time for them in American life and American history. And you just got to, you know, keep going and uh, keep your eyes open and don't let any, don't let anything scare you from thinking that this is going to be bad. 
like, like going forward, I think this is going to be a positive change for the country and hopefully uh, the world. And the only way we can make sure that make sure of that is by checking yourself first and then checking those around you second and making sure that we're all moving forward. Right. And I mean, like from the history angle, like literally American Revolution or, you know, if you want if you're in England, sure, our 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 this rebellious American nature against against the sovereign entity. But the Civil War, like literally in one of the books I'm reading, was considered by some to be the second American Revolution. Mm hmm. And and yet it is challenging and problematic and much more complex than what you learned in high school. I promise. Right. It it is definitely oh fuck. Like and I'm, so is this. And so yeah. is everything else. And it but, just takes effort. Is... But that revolution ended slavery, which was a first step. Right. You know, it 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 ended slavery and began at least began the process which led to this sectional divide. Which which needs to be figured out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and revo revolution does not mean people lined up on the streets and getting their heads cut off by guillotines. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It doesn't doesn't mean chaos in the streets, but it does mean change and it does mean pain. And Absolutely. It, it, yeah. Kelly, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the revolution without dancing is a revolution not worth having. Is probably right. one of my favorite quotes from *Be for Vendetta*. Like, it is. It's gonna take a lot of work. And it's going to take a lot of pain on a lot of people's parts, but it doesn't mean that it's not a good thing and that we can't find joy in that. And we can't come together as, as like a society and embrace what we have. Right. right. It doesn't mean that everything is somber and sad and serious. There are serious things that need to be dealt with. Absolutely. Um, but if we, so I know I'm tired. Right. There are a lot of people that have been just battling on Facebook or um, going out to protest and march. And there are a lot of people who are being very, um, very vocal and, and uh, trying to be the best ally that they can be. And it's tiring. It's frustrating. Um, but the more people that are working together, then you can drop out and take a nap. Right. You can have rest. You can, you know, focus on something else that's happy and wholesome and worthwhile and that will re-energize you. But we need to get to a point where you can have enough people that are stepping back to take care of their own mental well-being and not slowing the progress, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so I think that's that's something that's really important for me, and um, I hope that that's something that we can all take moving forward. Yeah. Well, the revolution will be geekified, <laughs> and 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 honestly, just for everybody who listened, thanks for listening. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, there was a head nod or do that Socratic snap thing. I don't know some kids are cool like that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that even a thing anymore? Did I just age myself again? Like a know. little bit, but like. <laughs> it's it's okay, but Kelly, Nick, I thank you so much for coming on. I think, no, I thank think you. you did a good job without being too preachy. Hopefully. You know what I mean? Although I'm not really worried about being preachy. If if, if somebody was offended, probably I'd rather not them listen. You know, or keep right. listening. Hopefully, I'll change your mind at some point. Right, maybe, maybe you know? you'll learn something yeah. at some. Yeah, thanks for having us. This yeah, this was, was fun. A lot of fun. Oh, of course, it, it took way too long, and hopefully, I can have you guys on again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've opened up a whole new world with this Skype recording thing. Like, it, it gives me so many more options. Like, get people right. on the podcast, and it, it's not too bad. It's not painful. There's so much room for activity. <laughs> I know, and we're all <laughs> such good. Like toddler communicators where we wait for the other person to be done 
before we say something. We did a really good we, job. It's because we all have good radio etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Nick, I think you have the best uh, podcast voice. Your voice is well, thank uh, tremendous. You. I like listening to it. That's and, not uh, correct, but I don't enjoy listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> you also live with him, so that maybe has part part yeah. to do with it. Yeah, it definitely yeah. does. Yeah, it does. Well, friends listening, uh, all the drill. Do you guys have social media or anything you wanna you wanna shout out or no? Absolutely not. Okay. Damn, I'm good. That's cool. Uh, at Wookie Riot on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, laugh it up, fuzzball at podcast at gmail.com send me an email i'd love if you're mad send me an email please and then i'll forward it to nick and we will laugh so hard oh, it'll be so good like uh, you, you can send all the angry replies to kelly nick and me at laugh it up fuzzball podcast at gmail.com i for love sure. to hear it <laughs> there there's the facebook group which brings me joy where we just talk about geeky stuff although there's been less news because i just like ah, i don't just want to talk about this stuff if it's not really important i almost talked about stormtroopers policing like disney guests in florida and being like what <laughs> <laughs> but uh but i realized that's that's like saying get chase off the paw patrol like it, it's so yeah. counter to the point like <laughs> i was like yeah i'm not gonna do it and yeah, but really, like, it's, oh, I, I love people with a smile on their face letting those space Nazis tell them what to do. Uh, <laughs> right. Anyways, I'm gonna, I was going to go on a Galaxy's Edge tyrant <laughs> and be like all the people smiling as they yell at you <laughs> before you go on the ride, but that's okay. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all this stuff, I don't even think I, I shout it all out, but it's fine. There's a there's a Facebook group, Laugh It Up Fuzzballs, at Wookie Riot. Uh, the email, and then anchor.fm slash laugh dash it dash up dash fuzzball. And thanks, guys. I appreciate you both. Of course. I appreciate you. All right. Until the next episode, TTFN, Joe the Wookie Riot, and my good friends Nick and Kelly out.